1: What's going on everybody? Elliot Shortparts, Matt Lombardo, the No Huddle Show here at Lincoln Financial Field, the site of the Eagles. I've I don't know, tons of words to describe it. Shocking, thrilling, 15-10 to 10 win over the Atlanta Falcons, a win that puts them one win away from the Super Bowl, Matt.
0: Yeah, survive in advance, win by any means necessary. However you want to describe it, Elliot, that was a pretty thrilling NFC Divisional Playoff game. And it was the Eagles defense that did just enough on the final possession. Sure, it came down to the final play. Sure, Julio Jones let a potential game-winning touchdown slip through his fingertips. But you talk about the two tackles by Brandon Graham, the five-yard stuff in the backfield, the shoestring tackle of Devonta Freeman on a runoff tackle. Those were two game-saving, season-saving play- plays, and at the end of the day, Elliot, the Eagles are now just one win away from their third Super Bowl berth in franchise history with Nick Foles at quarterback. That's pretty wild.
1: So obviously there's a ton to take away from this game. I mean, there's the game itself. There's the fact that, you know, who do you want to play, the Vikings or the Saints? Who, you know, will they win next week? And the fact that they won a playoff game with Nick Foles, to me, is pretty amazing. But I think the first thing we should talk about is simply just Nick Foles. And he's, he's not going to be the story. You know what, actually, let's let's start with the defense. Yep. The defense was the story of this game, in my opinion. Almost blew it at the end, but they did an excellent job against the Falcons team that scored 26 points last week, was averaging 22 points a game throughout the season. I know that they took a step back as an offensive unit, but the Eagles' defense absolutely dominated the night dominated them tonight held them to 10 points what they end up with in yards it couldn't have been that many um, uh, the Falcons see. yeah total the Falcon? yeah. total net yards 281 which you know is a little more than expected but I thought the defense played great um held on what they needed to and they really kept this game close when in the first half the offense was really struggling
0: yeah and you talk about this game really got turned on its ear going into halftime when the Falcons were leading um, 10 to nothing and the Eagles offense drove down the field and they well it was 10 to 6 rather right? the Eagles offense drove down the field and they kicked that field goal at mm-hmm. the end of the first half and you remember that it Atlanta got the ball to start the second half, and the Eagles' defense comes out. They force a three and out. That really set the tone for the entire game. I mean, Atlanta played this thing perfectly. They benefited from recovering the Jay Ajayi fumble on the Eagles' first possession. They played it so they could have the last possession in the first half and the first possession in the second half, only they you know, turned it over on downs. The Eagles get that field goal. And it looked like, by the way they ran into the game, you said it yourself, the Eagles were acting like they won the football game right then and there, but then the defense came out set the tone, got a big stop, put it back in the Eagles' hands. And I really think that that's when this entire game turned in the Eagles' favor and put
1: momentum on their side. So to start the game, the Eagles – ton of Jay Ajayi. I think he carried the ball seven times in the first quarter, had 49 yards, accounted for 70 yards of offense, I believe, in the first quarter, a little over the first quarter. They, they they played him a ton, and I think that's kind of what we thought they would end up doing. I know every week Doug has said he's thinking about doing it, but this week he really did feature Jay Ajayi, and obviously he has the fumble, which, is, which was clearly not great, but I thought he ran the ball hard in the first quarter, yep. and he really, to me, seemed like it, he showed why he is the best running back on this team. I mean, he was making Falcons miss, and he really got what they could get going of the offense when Foles was really struggling.
0: And afterwards, he told me point-blank that he's used the trade from the Miami Dolphins as motivation, that he spent this entire year looking to avenge that trade and kind of stick it in the eye of the Dolphins' front office, who, after they traded him to the Eagles, went out of their way publicly to basically plant the seed that he was a locker room cancer. Mm -hmm. And he said the only way that he's going to get his own retribution, that he's going to be able to avenge that trade, is by playing in the Super Bowl. And tonight, he was the driving force behind on the Close offense, there. yep, got them halfway there, 54 yards, and I think the biggest offensive play of the game, Elliot, was that 32-yard screenplay where Nick Foles mm-hmm. hit Ajayi in the flat, and he steamrolled down the sideline for 32 yards. And that drive, and the drive later in the game when Alshon Jeffrey had three catches for 46 yards, Nick Foles became the Eagles' quarterback on that possession. And I think that that really gave the rest of the offense a lot of confidence. I think it lifted the spirit of the defense. And it kind of gave everybody in the building and everybody on that roster a little more you know, confidence in Nick Foles based on how he played on that drive. So let's talk about
1: Foles. Um, Obviously did not get off to a very good start tonight. He finishes the game get the stat sheet out. Finishes the game 23 of 30 for 246 yards. 100 quarterback rating only sacked once for 8 yards. I thought he had some real accuracy issues in the first First half, um, he missed uh, Trey Burton, who was wide open down the middle of the field. His first throw of the game, they were kind of they were bailed out by the fact that Torrey Smith, that that um, the refs called pass interference because Torrey Smith was wide open and Foles just flat out missed him. Yep. Um, so I thought he seriously did have. I mean, he had some serious accuracy issues. Missed now, a
0: wide open Trey Burton on what would have probably yep, been a yeah. touchdown on another I mean, throw. Uh,
1: I will say part of it was the wind. It was very cold, very windy here. Matt Ryan struggled with some accuracy issues throwing the way that Foles did when they were going um, you know, to, to the left side of the field. But that's part of it. But he struggled with accuracy ever since he's taken over Wentz. So when he started the game off like that, I mean, first quarter stats, he was 2 of 3 for 19 yards in the first quarter. So he really... Did not look good. I mean, I know me, you, Tim McManus, Jimmy Kemsky. we were talking about whether or not you would pull him at the end of the first half. I mean, at the end of the first half, he had that pass that kind of knocked off Ertz's knee and ended up in the hands of Torrey Smith. Just another kind of crazy turn in what's been a pretty pretty crazy season for this team. But if that pass is picked off, I do think maybe there would have been serious conversation of putting in Nate Sudfeld because Foles just wasn't able to get anything going. But as you mentioned, they
0: drove down and they kicked that field goal.
1: Yeah, that was a huge, huge game changer, absolute difference maker in the outcome. But as we're having this conversation about him, them maybe benching him, he came out in the third quarter and I think put together the best drive he's had this season. I know he threw four touchdowns against the Giants, but I think that drive was really the best one he's had. He looked way more comfortable, um, you know, in the, in the drive in the third quarter. He looked, he did a great job with his accuracy. He hit Alshon Jeffrey three times in a row. Yep. Uh, and you mentioned it. I mean, I think that was. an an unreal drive from him considering how poorly he had been playing.
0: And I think that that was a a pretty big adjustment by Doug Peterson as well, because if you remember, they went up-tempo on that drive. Mm -hmm. And I know that we've talked before in in games that the Eagles have lost how much tempo affected the defense, particularly not being able to substitute up front with the defensive line. I think, conversely, for the Eagles' offense, it helped Nick Foles get into a rhythm. And Alshon Jeffrey came up big. I thought that those were probably his biggest catches in an Eagles uniform. And I tweeted it out during the game. This is why you bring Alshon Jeffrey here. You were hoping that you had Carson Wentz, and obviously the chemistry that Wentz and Jeffrey developed through the second half of the season was really one of the biggest reasons why the Eagles were the number one seed in the postseason. But you signed Alshon Jeffrey as a free agent and con- consequently wound up giving him an extension four playoff games and Mm -hmm. and you know the numbers aren't going to blow you away four catches for 61 yards but he was only targeted five times and to me what he did on that drive and just the confidence that it gave nick Foles that starts to snowball a little bit particularly given the fact that he didn't have a single target against the oakland raiders um i think that that's the type of performance not only that changed the outcome of this game but it's the type of thing that these two guys can take into this week of practice and build on going into an nfc championship game against what whether it's the Vikings or the Saints, two really good defenses.
1: Yeah, I mean, you look at it. The Eagles get the ball with five minutes to go in the third quarter. They're down 10-9. to nine. Foles really had nothing going. If I would have told you at that point they were going to go on two straight drives, one of them 12 plays, 74 yards, the one we just talked about. But the next drive as well, I mean, 14 plays, 80 yards. Uh, he has the big one to Jay Ajayi. He hits uh, Nelson Aguilar for 10 yards, Ertz for 11 yards, Hollins for 9 yards. Uh, I mean, he really kind of, he got the ball moving. And once he started to look comfortable, I think he did a much better job kind of making decisions. I thought in the first half when he it was clear he was trying a little too hard, he was forcing it down the field, which is something I wrote throughout the week he shouldn't try to do because Eagles just don't really have the -the down-to-field threat right now. But when he kind of settled in into those underneath throws, he really looked a lot better. So that drive after they take a 12-10 to lead, 14 plays, 80 yards. It spanned nine minutes off the clock. Or I guess it was, yeah, nine minutes off the clock. The Falcons get the ball back in the fourth quarter down five with six minutes to go. And that's when, you know, this drive and this defensive stand – I really, I didn't think they were going to get that far, to be honest. There wasn't really a point where I thought the Falcons might win that game until they had first and ten at the Eagles twenty-six right after the two-minute warning. I mean, they converted a third and six. They had the four. Well, they sorry, they didn't convert the three. The third and six. They had a fourth and six that they convert. Huge play by uh, Matt Ryan to Julio Jones for twenty yards. You know, then you have first and ten at the Philadelphia twenty-six. And I'll say this: this crowd throughout the game was very loud. But that was one moment where I think. I mean, I've got. it
0: got deadly silent. Yeah, in there. yeah. it really
1: did. Uh, that was the first moment where I really thought that the Eagles might not win this game. Um, and then you know, first and nine, the first and goal from the nine, and then you have that pass to Julio. What's funny is when he catches it, um, at like the two yard line. I was actually thinking they might be a little better off the Falcons being at the two instead of the nine. I feel like being at the two limits your options a little bit more. The Eagles, you know, have less to cover. But man, that play on that, uh, on that. That uh, fourth and two play from from the goal line. Yeah, let's
0: talk about that. That Steve was what a oh my God. what a terrible play call
1: that yeah. was. And, and Eagles, I can see, I'm not saying the Eagles lucked out because I right. think who knows what would have happened. But the fact he if you could ask him to run a play that would almost be it. No,
0: and, and I can see going to Julio Jones on a fade pattern in the corner. and I told you that's exactly what I would. Well, run, they tried it but, on the first
1: one to Darby. I thought he had really good coverage yep. on it.
0: But, but to roll Matt Ryan out you know, and, and roll him out of the pocket to the right-hand side and have him, ask him to throw on the run, that to me is just not what you want to do on the two-yard line going in. Uh, not a great play call on his part there. And then the other thing is, you know, they got away from Tevin Coleman, the Falcons did. He only ran the ball 10 times, 79 yards. He had a 23-yard gain. If I'm the Falcons, why aren't you pounding the running game until the Eagles can show you they can consistently stop it, because for all the talk about the Eagles having the number one rushing defense in the league going into tonight, Atlanta was gashing them up front. And where this game, I think, really turned on its ear was the drive when the Eagles moved down the field and, and wound up not being able to convert a touchdown but kicked a field goal in the fourth quarter to go up 15 to 10 the eagles offensive line was getting all kinds of push they were getting to the second level they were running the ball down atlanta's throats and i'm just surprised that atlanta's offense got away from doing that because they saw some success early in the game especially running against this eagles defense yeah
1: and you know where we're sitting in the press box we're in the second row and right behind us and actually to the left of us too to the left of us is eagles community relations department behind us is the pr staff and some other you Know, internet uh type people that that work for them when that pass by Matt Ryan got tipped away by Jalen Mills, it was almost hard to look down in the field just because the noise that erupted in the press box from those people, from you know the PR staff, the CR staff, was unreal. I mean, you could really feel how excited this Eagles organization was to win this game. And I think that had they won tonight with Carson Wentz, I don't think it would have felt as good for these players or the organization. I think this the was fact that they, than, yeah, I think the yeah. fact they did it with Foles and the fact that they really genuinely felt nobody believed in them, and I'm not entirely sure that. That's true. I mean, we both picked them to win. I picked them throughout the week. Well, I first picked the Falcons, then on my subsequent picks, I went with them. But, uh I mean, a lot of the local media guys picked them, but in the locker room afterwards, I mean – you know, Michael Kendricks had some colorful words to say uh, about the people that made them three-point underdogs. Timmy about journey us. Did yeah. I mean, as soon
0: as we walked in, he was either periscoping or Facebook-living uh, the reporters walking into the locker room, and he basically said, now these uh, mother effers want to speak to us after <laughs> right. they disrespected us all week, you know, F them, blah, 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 blah. Brandon Graham field... was enjoying it. Yeah, you <laughs> saw on the field Lane Johnson and Chris Long wearing the, the rubber you know dog masks, basically saying, hey, underdog this. Um, This team now, and we talked about this Friday on the preview pod, they've adopted an us-against-them mentality, and I think Mm -hmm. that you really saw this defense play that way, particularly in the second half, and this is obviously going to be... a a theme going into this coming week in the NFC Championship game, us against the world, they didn't believe in us. The only people who believe in us are the guys in this locker room. And and we talked about on Friday how much does that really matter. I think we saw how much that mattered tonight. And and just the attitude afterwards in the locker room, how not only excited these guys were, but they still seem to be carrying over that anger and that disrespect going into next week. It, It almost doesn't matter who they play, whether it's the Vikings or the Saints. They're going to be walking into an angry team. It's going to be an angry Eagles team that takes the field at the link next Sunday.
1: So, the link next Sunday. Um, just quick, uh, we'll get into a little deeper, but who do you, who do you think uh, you'd rather play if you're the Eagles?
0: Uh, if I'm the Eagles, you know, I think you'd rather play Minnesota because even though that defense, in my opinion, is probably the best defense remaining in the playoffs – It's Case Keenum at quarterback. And, you know, I've been one of Keenum's bigger proponents. I think he's probably a top 15 or so quarterback in the league based on, you know, his performance this year alone. But he's no Drew Brees. Drew Mm -hmm. Brees is a future Hall of Famer. They have arguably the most dynamic set of running backs in the league with Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram. And their defense has played above expectations the entire year and did a really nice job against the Carolina Panthers last week at home. So, if I'm the Eagles I'm rooting hard for Minnesota to win. I, I that agree
1: game. just because I think that even though the Vikings defense is better and in theory you'd rather face the worst defense just because right now your uh, your offense even though they won tonight, I mean Foles still you know had some areas to improve on. The Eagles defense played really well. I think the Eagles defense could hold the Vikings offense to, you know, 10 or 13 points. And at that point, I mean, you have to just ask your offense to get 14 or 17 points or whatever. Um, So I think if I'm the Eagles, I'd rather play the uh, Vikings as well. They said after the game tonight, they didn't care. That's obviously what they're going to say. But, you know, going into next week, what are some things you think Right off the bat, that based off of tonight, that they're going to need to work on
0: for next week. I have a a story going up on Sunday morning basically outlining what they need to do better. But first and foremost, I think it starts with turnovers. And I know Mm -hmm. that they only turned it over twice in terms of the muff punt and the Jai fumble on the second play of the game. But it's plays like that against a defense like the Vikings where red zone opportunities are going to be at a premium. Points are going to be hard to come by. You can't turn the football over, so you've got to clean those two things up. They were much better tonight on third down, 6 of 13, than they have been over the last couple yeah. of weeks, but to continue to improve in that regard. And I think that you still need to get more consistent play out of Nick Foles. I know he didn't have an interception, also didn't score a touchdown. I think you need to see Nick Foles put together a 60-minute football game, whether it's stinking and dunking, whether it's just you know throwing routes that he's comfortable with. They need to find a way to get Foles in some sort of a rhythm so that even when the Vikings... Sell out to stop the run with that really fast front seven of theirs that you can still beat them over the top because somebody's going to be open, especially if they replicate the defensive game plan, but with better personnel that the Falcons tried tonight.
1: Yeah, I agree. I mean, look, obviously the first one is Foles has to play better. He And maybe he will be. I mean, look, I know he played, he had a decent game against the Giants with the four touchdowns, but I still think he didn't play that great. I think he played in the second half tonight, his best bit of football he's played since he took over for Wentz. So maybe he rides the momentum of this week into next week um one worry i might have if i'm eagles fans is that look i mean doug for well let's say this doug called an amazing game tonight he i think you know all the decisions he made in terms of when to go for it when not to go for it his mm. play calls no he, i well i
0: think he, he called a very nice game but i, also I mean that think that played
1: aguilar that oh, it was great yeah. we,
0: we talked i've been talking about that all week the screen getting plays him the to ajay yep getting aguilar the ball in space he, he did they did that twice tonight the screen to ajay getting climate involved in the passing game I didn't like calling the timeout when they ran you know, out on the field to act like they were going for it, only to wind up kicking the field goal. I I just thought that was a little bit silly. You, you can nitpick whether or not they should have gone for the touchdown. It wound up working, and it bailed them out. But the one thing we can say is, Elliot, I think that Doug Peterson stayed aggressive tonight, mm-hmm. which was true to what got them here and what made him a Coach of the Year favorite throughout the course. Of-
1: I agree with you on that. My only point I'm making is that, all week leading up, we were saying, "Okay, how are they going to move the ball, foals? How are they going to move the ball, foals? I'm wondering if they kind of showed their hand tonight, and it'll be on Doug again to make the adjustments in the next week. Because again, the Falcons' defense of the Falcons, Saints, and uh, the Falcons, Saints, and Vikings. The Saints probably have uh, the Falcons probably have the worst defense, but they're not that different from the Saints' defense, and the, the Vikings is a step above. But all three of them. I think, you know, have good defensive coordinators. So I do think that next week it's going to be on Doug and it's going to be on Frank Reich and, you know, D. Flipple and all that to find out another way to move the ball with Foles because the teams are going to watch what the Eagles did in the second half here. Right. And, uh, you know, they're, they're going to game plan for that.
0: And I think that what you also need to look at, too, is they went away from Jay for a good stretch of that second quarter and early in the third quarter to me. If he's your best runner and he's been your workhorse, stick with the hot hand. I know you want to get Legarrette Blunt involved, and I know that maybe there may might be something to keeping Ajayi fresh for mm-hmm. you know the, the fourth quarter and the later moments. But we're talking about an NFC Championship game situation next week. There is no saving him. You lose that game, your season's over. You go home. If Ajayi's hot early and he's averaging three, four, five yards a clip, ride with the hot hand and yep. keep Ajayi involved. Don't let him go through those spells because, A, it's obvious, as we talked about, he has a chip on his shoulder, and, B, I think you make a case that he's probably their best running
1: back at this very moment. Yeah, I think without question. Um, Another positive tonight – I thought is Jake Elliott does miss the extra point. Um, but he came up big kicking both, both those field goals in the second quarter. And that's huge going into next week because for as much as Jake Elliott does struggle sometimes with his mid-range kicks, uh, he has proven to be absolutely clutch. Yep. And, I mean, how many did he end up with tonight? Two? Yes. Or, yeah, two. So he, he had a very good game in, in my opinion. So, all right, before we wrap this up, it's going to be a quicker one tonight. We'll have a more in-depth one on Tuesday or maybe Monday for you. We'll, we'll figure that out. But So let's just really quick say. If they play, I'm going to say the situation, and you tell me if they're going to win or lose. Okay. The Eagles play the Minnesota Vikings at home next week. They win the game. I agree. And I I
0: think that it's only because you take away Drew Brees, take him out of the equation. You have two quarterbacks that are about the same level. It's a defensive struggle, and I think in that, that type of a scenario you give the game to the team with the better running game and the better defense. I think the defenses are even Eagles run the ball better than Minnesota does. So I think that if you play the Vikings, you can start thinking about going to Minnesota two weeks later. So the question is
1: the saints, if they get the saints, what do you think?
0: I, I, I can't in good conscience pick them to to beat the Saints. I think Drew Brees is too good. They beat you in too many ways offensively. Their defense is too fast and aggressive. Um, If they play the Saints, I think that you have no shame in losing to New Orleans without Carson Wentz in the NFC Championship. And,
1: I mean, look, the Saints, if they're coming off a win in Minnesota, will be playing well. They have a ton of playoff experience. The Falcons are a good team. And, again, for the second week in row watching them, I came away not that impressed, though. I think they find a way to beat themselves. I'm not sure the Saints do that. But the Vikings, again, I think the Vikings will struggle to score against this Eagles defense. So here we are, man. I never thought we would be here after Wentz went down, but we are – we are about to cover the NFC Championship game. The Eagles are in it. One win away from the Super Bowl. So, look, everyone, this is going to be a big week. A lot to talk about. We need all your reactions. We need you guys to send us your hot takes for the for the Hot Take Tuesday pod. So, email us at the no huddle show at nj.com or tweet at us at hashtag the no huddle Show. We'll make sure we get all of your hot takes, all of your opinions. We'll answer as many as we can on Tuesday. And it's going to be a crazy week. I mean, look, we don't have it planned out yet, but we'll have plenty of, plenty of podcasts for you. We'll definitely... Doug talks on on monday so we'll probably have one for you monday morning maybe tuesday we'll have a guest on this week and of course we'll have our prediction podcast on friday but look the season is winding down eagles are going to be one of four teams left so it's going to be a big week a lot to talk about matt i will talk to you uh later it's gonna be a big week